0: A new survey shows that Americans really believe in demons. A space tourism company had to cancel their launch because it couldn't find any passengers. And a new bus tour is meant to put people right to sleep. These are the weird stories for Tuesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a closet. I got three weird stories from all around the world. I got weird news for you. Americans believe in ghosts, guys. A new study says so. It's Halloween. We have a ghost story. Halloween is just days away. It's the season for all things spooky. Oh, shoot. I'm not allowed to say spooky. Uh, It's the season for all things creepy. Ghosts, demons, vampires, and more. Don't forget the werewolves and the sexy nurses. Uh, A new survey of 1,000 American adults finds that many Americans aren't convinced that these entities are just the stuff of scary stories and horror films. They believe these things are real. Here's some stats for you guys. More than two in five Americans say they believe demons exist. (laughs) Demons. Two in five, really? That's almost half. And a similar percentage, 40%, say the same about ghosts. For both, more Americans say they do exist than say that they don't. The rest aren't really sure. Wow, a lot of Americans believe in demons and ghosts. Far fewer Americans believe in the existence of werewolves, though, only 9%. Vampires, 8%. <laughs> werewolves are 9%. Still 10% of the people survey believe in werewolves. Are you okay? <laughs> werewolves. Uh, vampires, I can understand. All right, thirty-one uh, percent think that other supernatural beings do exist as well. Sure, sure, they do, like the Exorcist. Women are more likely than men to believe that uh, to believe both in ghosts and demons. Fifty <laughs> percent uh, in ghosts, demons, forty-eight percent. Uh, Now, apparently education level may also play a part in whether a person believes in ghosts. Oh, no way. Really? Their education level? (laughs) In other words, their idiot level plays a part in whether or not they believe in demons and werewolves. So Americans with postgraduate education are the least likely to believe in ghosts at 28% compared to 41% overall the same trend applies on the topic of whether demons exist. Americans who completed postgraduate education programs are the least likely to believe in demons at 31% compared to 43% overall. I still think that that's too high of a number. 31% people with a graduate degree believe that, <laughs> believe that there's demons. Okay. We also have some political demographics in these statistics as well. Um, About half of Republicans, 51%, believe the demons are real. (laughs) Slightly more than the percentage of independents, 46%, who think this. Only about a third, 34%, of Democrats believe in demons. (laughs) Uh, Both parties are stupid, basically. Uh, Okay, these are... (laughs) Sorry. Come on, demons. I can see ghosts. Demons and werewolves. Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, All right. Now, here's something that's uh, pretty shocking here. One in five Americans say they have encountered a ghost. One in five? That's a little high, no? One in five? (laughs) One in five Americans haven't even skydived. Like, you mean to tell me that more people have seen ghosts than skydived? (laughs) One in five? Seen a ghost? Super high. One in five people haven't even had butt sex. You're going to say that... (laughs) More people have seen ghosts than have had butt sex. I find this extremely hard to believe. Now I'm questioning this entire survey, to be honest with you. Have have any of you seen a ghost? Apparently one in five of you have seen a ghost. Really? (laughs) Uh, Women, 25%, are more likely than men, 16%, to say they have had at least one personal experience with ghosts. Okay. A quarter of the women have seen ghosts? Come on, man. This is like way too much ghost interaction, I feel like. 25% of women have personal experience with a ghost. That's more of a percentage than the women who have been sexually pleased by men. (laughs) I've heard the stats, guys. Okay, we got some more ridiculous stats. Uh, 11% of Americans say that they've personally encountered a demon. (laughs) Come on. 4% have crossed paths with a werewolf. You're out of your mind. <laughs> Where are you seeing these werewolves, man? I want to see some werewolves. I, uh, I would assume that werewolves are like way down on the list. It's only 3% for, uh, have encountered a vampire. More have encountered werewolves than vampires? This is out of control. Where are these werewolves? Oh, man, when's the next full moon? I'm out there, baby. Let me get my... I don't know, what do werewolves like to eat? I'll bring some turkey jerky. A space tourism company cancels their first launch because it couldn't find any passengers. Nobody wanted to go to space? I'm extremely surprised. And what could be a serious reality check for the space tourism industry... Its most established player says it had to cancel its upcoming launch with SpaceX because it couldn't find any viable and sufficiently wealthy passengers for the journey. Here's a quote from the company spokesperson, Stacy. The mission was marketed to a large number of our prospective customers, but ultimately the mix of price, timing, and experience wasn't quite right at that particular time, and our contract with SpaceX actually expired. We hope to revisit this offering to go into space in the future. What does it cost to go into space? I'd like to know. I mean, there's no chance in hell I can afford it, but I'm just curious. Okay, this comes as a major narrative shift after the Inspiration4 mission, which launched four amateur astronauts aboard a SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule for a three-day joyride in Earth's orbit last month. Yeah, Didn't William Shatner go up in a rocket as well? I think he did. Um, Now, the event seized global attention as a proof of concept for future space tourism endeavors. Um, However, there were some rough edges of this space journey. Oh, let's hear about the rough edges. Uh, There were toilet troubles. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, there were toilet troubles. There was a lot of sickness on board. These uh, astronaut tourists were three days up there. Of course, they're going to get sick and have toilet troubles. Never mind the journey's enormous price tag, estimated to be around, get this, 200 million. 200 million bucks to go up and get indigestion right outside of Earth's orbit. That seems like a hefty price to pay for that. Hey, how much to get, like, (laughs) space sickness? 200 mil? Yeah, sign me up. Uh, This may also have demonstrated that the target demographic for space tourism is, is both very small... Tolerant of significant discomfort and inordinately wealthy. Yeah, it's the wealthy part that really sticks out. Two hundred million a ticket? I can find so many better ways to spend two hundred million than going up into space for three days. That's just a stupid way to spend your money in my opinion. Stupid. And by the way, isn't two hundred million like enough to buy your own space shuttle anyways? Like just go get a used one and go up there for as long as you want. Three days, please. I'll buy my own space shuttle for a hundred mil. I'll spend the other hundred mil on the toilet. And then I'll go up myself. I don't need you. <laughs> How much does it cost in gas, though? Uh, gas is pretty pricey right now. Now, the article ends by saying, in spite of Space Adventure's woes, Space Adventure is the company that failed to launch recently because of lack of tourists. Uh, this company has existed, believe it or not, since the early 2000s and has sent several tourists out into space, but none since 2009. None? Nobody's going on a space adventure with you since oh You're called Space Adventure. Fix it! You should just. You really need to come down on the price of the ticket, though, really. Uh, there are other planned space tourism launches. Um, another company, Axiom Space, for instance, plans to launch a crew of four tourists, including a former NASA astronaut and a wealthy entrepreneur that they're not naming, to the International Space Station in early 2022. Uh, well, Space Adventures also has one journey on the books, it says. They're going to plan a launch. They're going to send Japanese billionaire Yasuka Mezawa to the International Space Station in December as well. Oh, okay, so they're still doing it. Uh, you guys, I guess, can go to space if you have enough money. These, those days are over where you have to just stand on the stupid Earth. Don't like the Earth? Yeah? You can go. You can leave. Did you guys ever see that documentary about the space elevator it's uh it's very weird and it's definitely worth watching yeah, the space elevator just uh yeah, google that watch the youtube video this could this could cure all our space tourist yearnings. A new Hong Kong bus tour is meant to put people to sleep. Any new parent will confirm that soothing effect of a long car ride especially on tired and cranky infants well that road noise works on adults as well and a hong kong tour company noticed that patrons were falling asleep on their buses they decided to take advantage of this and they recently launched a five hour 47 mile ride to nowhere yeah you're going nowhere the point is to go to sleep this company Is called Ulu Tours, and Ulu hopes that riders will find this new bus tour quite a snooze fest. Here's a quote from the the, uh, Ulu marketing and business manager. When we were brainstorming new bus tours, I saw a social media post from a friend of mine saying that he was very stressed out by his job and he had a... Difficult time sleeping at night, but turns out when he was traveling on the bus, it was the only time he was able to get a good sleep. He slept real well. Uh, And, you know, his post on social media just inspired us at Ulu to create this bus tour that lets passengers just, you know, go to sleep on the damn bus. Why not? Now, you guys are probably wondering, what does it cost for these bus tours? Well... The tickets range from $13 to $51, depending on whether or not you want to take a nap on the upper or the lower deck seating. Riders even get a goodie bag that includes an eye mask and some earplugs. Oh, does it come with slippers, a pillow, a snuggie? What does it come with? (laughs) A blankie? The first ride launched over the weekend on Saturday, and it's sold out. (laughs) Sold out. Wow, a lot of people want to go to sleep. (laughs) This is amazing. Some of the passengers on the inaugural bus ride, it says here, even brought their own blankets and slippers. Jeez. Yeah, well, you got it. I mean, you're gonna go. You're gonna go to sleep, basically. You might want to extend it. If so, five hours, maybe just make it eight. Make it like a full night of rest. Uh, people will pay for this stuff, man. They just. Do you remember the plane ride to nowhere that I covered, like in the beginning of the pandemic when no one was flying, like. Uh, I think was it Singapore Air, offered a flight up and then back down. You just went up and then came right back down. It was a flight simulation, basically. The It gave you the feeling that you went somewhere when you couldn't go anywhere because there was no travel in that stage. <laughs> Hilarious. People will do this. They love it. Shit, I would do it, too. I've had some great sleeps on buses. Sure, man. Oh, that Chinatown bus from Boston to New York City, which is about five hours. It's a lot longer than 47 miles, though. How slow are you driving? Five hours? It takes you five hours to go 47 miles? Let's go in some circles. I mean, ours was five hours, but that's 350 or so miles. I didn't notice that until now. It's 47 miles? Takes you five hours? How? This is strange. Are you in traffic the whole time? You can't sleep in traffic. I need more information, Ulu. There's something sketch about this. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, would you guys go on a a five-hour bus ride just to sleep? For 15 bucks, would you do it? I'd love to know. Call the show. 646-450-2012. I guess this would be good for if, like, you don't have a babysitter. You just throw your kids on there for five hours. Yeah, bye, guys. Yeah, we'll pick you up in five hours. We're going to Six Flags. It's weird. It's so weird. Weird as weird AF can be. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Got some, got some, uh people that reached out to me that I want to say hi to. A lot of people uh, responded to the Pop-Tarts story I did yesterday. Dina wrote me, Hey, Jonesy, the Pop-Tarts bit might be the funniest thing you've done in a year. Seriously funny stuff. Keep it up. Dina Birch. Shout out to Dina Birch and fam. Also, Heather Heather liked the uh, Pop-Tarts as well. And wish, wish me a happy Halloween. And attached some pictures of the pumpkins that she painted. Heather Chapasco, shout out to you. Big time. Thank you. She also included a, a nice joke in here. Uh, let's see. She says, uh, the lady, the pop-tart lady must be bored out of her mind or just not understand nutrition. Bet, bet you she goes after Chef Boyardi for not having authentic Italian flavor next. Hey! Heather, that's an incredible joke that I wish I thought of. You're funnier than me. Uh, also, Lisa from Finland to, uh, wrote me to tell me that pop-tarts are uh, available there, but they cost 10 euro for a box, which uh, sounds pretty pricey. So, um, I guess they're, it's probably not easy to find. Lisa, like, give me your address, I'll mail you some. How about that? For you and the fam. I'm, I'll send you the strawberry frosted, but heads up, there's more pear in there than strawberry. <laughs> I'm gonna sue you, Pop-Tarts! You're going down! Uh, yeah, in case you didn't listen to yesterday's show, I did a show about a lady that was suing Pop-Tarts because the ingredients were <laughs> questionable. <laughs> Hello. Also, got, uh, the, my new Patreon, Steven, patron, Steven, patron, Stephen Clark, sent me a message that I'd that uh, escaped my my awareness, and I wanted to read it. Uh, hey, Jonesy, greetings from Coventry, England. If you're familiar with Queen the Queen song, "Don't Stop Me Now," stop me now. That mentions Lady Godiva, an 11th century noble woman who rode naked through the streets to make her husband reduce taxes on the people. We're the city that made her famous. Finally, got around to joining your Patreon after listening to you for the past few months and berating you about your terrible British accent, British accent, and the British puddings. Keep up the great work, dude. Thank you, Stephen Clark. A big shout out to you again. So, uh, and, and thank you for sending me some information about your town. I like to learn, like what is what is weird and notable about about where like where you're from. This whole Lady Godiva story. She sounds like a badass. I like that. I didn't know that Queen song was like about her. Don't stop me now. That's really cool. Thank you for uh, educating me, Stephen, and for supporting the show. If you guys would like to join the Patreon, like Stephen Clark, and write me a note telling me about your town, or just educating me. And then you get, your, you get your name up on the wall, by the way, in case you didn't know. I write your name. Patron, New patrons go up on the wall. Old patrons can go up on the wall, too. Just write me a note. Tell me you want to be up on the wall, and tell me how you want your name to be, and tell me where you're from, so I can put the city up there, too, and country. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews. That's where you go. Or, uh, Hit the Patreon banner on my website, weirdafnews.com. Or download Patreon to your phone and look up Weird AF News. It's right in there. Uh, If you want to call me, I left the number. Email all links to shows, I mean shows, all links to articles that you come across that are weird. uh, Funnyjones at gmail.com. I love to hear from y'all. Hope you had a nice afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is. And I love you, and we'll see you tomorrow.